0: Here now a reading from the Gospel of John, chapter 1, beginning with verse 1. I'll be reading from the new Revised Standard Version, which is projected on your worship screens. I would also encourage you to bring your own Bible and to follow along, and if you don't have your Bible but would like to have one, there is a Bible in the P-Rack in front of you. So hear the word of the Lord, which is the Christmas story according to the Gospel of John. and the world came into being through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to what was his own, and his own people did not accept him. But to all who received him, who believed in his name, he gave power to become children of God, who were born not of blood or the will of the flesh or the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and lived among us. And we have seen his glory, the glory as of a father's only son, full of grace and truth. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Well, friends, we have officially entered into the holiday season And as we move through Christmas and Thanksgiving, we are encouraged to focus on family and friends. Think about it. We attend parties. We spend time thinking of the people for whom we will buy gifts. And we take vacation time to travel and celebrate with loved ones. Part of the appeal of the holiday season is our togetherness. And most of us have a picture in our heads of what that should look like, an ideal that tells us how we should feel and how we should get along with each other. But as we spend time together, our experience sometimes doesn't match that ideal. I would ask you to say amen if that resonates with you, but it might offend the person sitting next to you, so I won't do that. Our experience sometimes doesn't match the ideal that we have in our mind. In fact, many of the pressures involved with traveling, shopping, and talking for long periods of time with those that we don't know very well can often expose underlying incompatibilities and surface old conflicts. That's why SNL has a field day, Saturday Night Live has a field day during the holidays, and we see memes about, this is what what Thanksgiving is supposed to look like, and this is how it actually looks. If you know what I'm talking about, somebody say amen. As the reality, my wife said amen a little too loud there, I think. (laughs) As the reality of our experience falls short of the ideal in our minds, we sometimes realize that our relationships are not as good as we hoped they were, or that we just don't have that many people with whom we are close. During this season, when we celebrate family and friends and togetherness, we are often left wanting more, more depth, more authenticity, more love. And when we don't avoid this experience, but actually get in touch with it, we realize that our desire for authentic, loving relationships is not fleeting and occasional, but deep and enduring. As Christians, we believe that God has put this desire deep inside of us and that it reflects God's own being. One of the most important teachings of the Christian faith is that God is triune. That at the heart of God is a community of love between the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And we also believe that human beings are created in that God's image, which means that we were created for deep, authentic relationships. If relationships are challenging for us, we might not like that this is what it means to be a human being, leading us to deny or fight against this reality by building emotional walls. But no matter how much we work, no matter how much we drink, no matter how much we smoke, no matter how much we isolate, in my experience, the desire remains. And it haunts us like a ghost because we were created for love. Absent deep and authentic relationships, we struggle to find meaning and value and purpose in life. Thus, the number one regret that people have on their deathbed is that they didn't spend more time with loved ones, that they didn't cultivate and nurture authentic relationships. And Jesus knew this Jesus knew this when someone asked him about the most important thing in life his answer was simple loving relationships the most important thing in life is loving relationships he says love the Lord your God with all your heart mind soul and strength and love your neighbor as you love yourself and it wasn't just Jesus that knew this the apostle Paul knew it too when describing how Jesus saves us, he talked about Jesus making us a friend of God. Are you awake, church? A friend, imagine that. That Jesus makes us a friend of God and calls us to be a vital part of a community of friends called the Ecclesia, the church. Clearly, The meaning of life in our experience and the meaning of life in Scripture. The pathway to joy, the hope of our salvation is wrapped up in deep, authentic relationships. But, somebody say but. (laughs) But the thing that we need the most to be happy, the thing that we need the most to experience joy, often presents the biggest challenges of our lives, relationships. We deeply desire close, authentic, loving relationships, but find it difficult to find these relationships, to sustain and nurture these kinds of relationships. So where do we turn for help? There are a lot of places, but as Christians the first place that we turn for help is God. As you've already said, God created us in love and for love. God placed deep inside of us a desire for love, and in Jesus, God offers this gift without price. God offers himself to us in loving relationship and creates the conditions of possibility so that we can have deep and abiding relationships with each other. And there is no place that we see this more clearly than in the Christmas story. The good news of Christmas is Emmanuel, which means God with us. It is the story of a God who loves us so much that he was willing to leave heaven to be with us. And not just to be with us, but to become one of us, to fully experience what it means to be a human being. He steps into our shoes and experiences the world through our eyes. By leaving heaven and becoming a human being in the person of Jesus, God assumes our life. God inhabits our body. God moves into our neighborhood, thereby offering himself fully to us for loving relationship, for authentic friendship, And by connecting with us in this way, Jesus becomes a conduit of God's grace, forgiveness, and love. That channel of blessing. And as we experience friendship with Him, the good news is that we experience friendship with God and receive all the gifts that God has to offer. And in this way, Jesus offers what we might call incarnational hospitality. I want you to say that with me. Incarnational hospitality. The word incarnation means enfleshed. To assume flesh or to take on A human body so when Christians talk about the incarnation we're referring to how God the Son the second person in the Trinity became a human being in the man Jesus of Nazareth and as we read in the Gospel of John this morning the word referring to God the Son became flesh and made his dwelling among us which is astonishing It is by connecting with us in this very human, humble way that we are brought back into loving relationship with our Creator. Because the Word became flesh in Jesus, friendship with Jesus mediates friendship with God. I am a friend of God. And when it comes to the word hospitality, we often think of the hospitality industry how for brief periods of time, when we were in restaurants, hotels, or cruises, people get paid to make us feel special, to make us feel like honored guests. They treat us like royalty so that we will come back and spend more money. But this is not what Christians mean when they talk about hospitality. To get a better idea of what we do mean, it's helpful to turn to one of my favorite spiritual writers, Henry Nouwen. According to Nouwen, hospitality is about making room or space for someone in our lives. To make room or space for someone else to be a part of our lives, meeting them where they are, accepting them for who they are, and getting to know them deeply over time through the sharing of our stories. And again, Jesus is the perfect example of this. In him, God the Son becomes a human being to make room in the heart of God for us. If you're awake, that's astonishing. Jesus makes room in the heart of God, our Creator, for us. To meet us where we are, to accept us where we are, and to develop deep, loving relationship with us so that we may know the love of God and experience the salvation of God. And again, as we delve into the real meaning of Christmas, we find a God who offers divine hospitality, incarnational, enfleshed hospitality in Jesus Christ. Part of our salvation is to receive this gift And to become a friend of God, to commit to spending time with God, to develop deep, authentic relationship with God. And we do this first by acknowledging our need, repenting of our sin, and accepting Jesus as Lord and Savior. And then after we do this, we continue to make room for God in our everyday lives, We spend time with God, usually by doing things like worshiping, meditating on scripture, or praying, serving others in the name of Jesus. Again, we are saved by becoming a friend of God through friendship with Jesus. But this is only half of the equation. Jesus didn't just say, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. But he said the second greatest commandment is like unto it, which means that this is a two-part deal. He goes on to say, and, somebody say and, and love your neighbor as you love yourself. There are three relationships here. There's us loving God. There is us learning how to appropriately love ourselves, and there is the way that we love others. God loves us not just for our own healing and salvation, but in order to empower us to love others, which is also part of the process of our healing and salvation. God forgives us so that we can forgive others. How many people are holding on to a grudge? God offers incarnational hospitality to us so that we can offer incarnational hospitality to others. And what this means is clear. If we want to follow Jesus, if we want to fully experience salvation, then we must offer divine hospitality to others. What does that mean? It means making room in our lives, making space in our lives, making room in our calendar for others, meeting them where they are, accepting them for who they are, and offering ourselves in deep, authentic relationship. Now, we don't do this with everybody, you know? Jesus had 12 disciples and he tended to focus on 3, right? If we try to if we try to do have the same kind of relationship with everybody, we will quickly burn out and it's also foolish because not everyone is worthy of our trust. Amen. But God does put people in our lives and give us opportunity for these deep, abiding connections. And we have, to be, we have to have eyes to see who those people are. And then we have to have the courage, the strength, and the hope to take a step toward them and to open up to make time for them, to make space for them, to make room for them, to be who they are, to give them acceptance, to allow them to be who they are, and to connect with them in ways that really energize us and give meaning and value to life. In addition, this hospitality is intended to be incarnational. In other words, as we make room for other people in our lives for deep friendship, we become the presence of Jesus to them. We become a conduit of God's grace and forgiveness and love, we become partners with God in his great rescue mission of this world in which he does not seek to scare the hell out of us, but to love the hell out of us. Are you awake, church? Through friendship, we become the hands and feet of Jesus. And we might be the only incarnation of Jesus that someone experiences in this season of their life. And as we do this, God not only brings us closer to each other, the people that we are loving and serving, but at the very same time, God draws us closer to himself. It's important to remember that both aspects are important for our salvation for our healing, for our spiritual worship. We must both receive God's incarnational hospitality in Jesus and also offer God's incarnational hospitality to others. And again, this means making room for others, making time for others, developing authentic relationships with others. And this is just as important in our spiritual journey as worshiping, reading our Bible, or praying. Did you hear that? Being willing to make room and time for others and to connect in deep, authentic relationship is just important to our salvation and our healing in Jesus as it is for us to pray, worship, and read our Bibles. It's that important. It's a spiritual discipline that we need to engage in on a regular basis if we are going to be more like Jesus. And this is so important here at First UMC Cocoa Beach that we are spending a significant amount of time, energy, and money to help you connect with others in authentic ways. Take, for example, the new furniture in the Narthex and the coffee service that we brought back this morning. We did not buy that furniture to look cool, right? We didn't go around to the other churches, the the new churches that are kind of hip and cool where the pastor wears skinny jeans and uses the cool kid, kid lingo, right? And say, well, their narthex looks really shabby chic, and so let's go buy some furniture so that we can look cool too. That's not why we bought that furniture. We didn't bring the coffee back so that like Buddy the Elf you would leave here saying, this is the best cup of coffee in the world. Our coffee's pretty mediocre compared to Starbucks and Dunkin' Donuts, I would say, right? I mean, it's a cure. it's something you can do at home. We didn't bring these things into the narthex in order to be cool or to wow you with strong brew. No, we are trying our best to create an atmosphere that will encourage you to connect with one another. Because there are people in this sanctuary that are sitting within throwing distance of you. You don't even know their names. We want you to use the coffee and the furniture. We we, we want that to be an opportunity to strike up a conversation with someone that you don't know. To make them a cup of coffee and to sit in those comfy chairs to have a conversation in which you will get to know each other better. And after spending an extra 10 or 15 minutes with someone before, after, or in between services, we hope that you will exchange phone numbers, that you will text each other encouraging words throughout the week, that you will pray for one another, and that you will get together for coffee or lunch. It's all intended to create opportunities for connection, for friendship. Don't let it be a waste of our money. Hang out. Connect. This is also why we're starting a new small group ministry. Now, if you've been around for a while, you know that we already offer some groups that meet occasionally for various reasons, and some of these groups have led to good friends. And that's great. We celebrate those. But if we only meet occasionally to accomplish specific tasks or to talk about specific business, then it will not be be a great opportunity for us to abide with one another, to share life with one another, and to develop deep, authentic relationships. And the same is true for the classes that we offer. And I love teaching classes on the Bible. I love teaching classes on the Christian faith, but these classes are often including the ones that I've led, they're often so focused on a book or study that we don't have a lot of time to hang out and really get to know each other. So we're starting a new small group ministry that's gonna be launching at the beginning of January in which people will meet in each other's homes where we're most comfortable on a weekly basis, not just to learn new things so that we can win in a game of Bible trivial pursuit, <laughs> but to also develop deep authentic relationships with other Christians who can support us on the difficult journey of faith. People with whom we can share life. And these are just a few examples of what we are trying to do to lift up the value of incarnational hospitality of Christian friendship and to provide opportunities for you to connect. But if you could sit in a leadership team meeting you would see that we are trying to rethink everything that we do to serve this greater purpose because it is at the heart of our faith. And we often miss what is most important. What is most basic? This is why we hear all of those stories about football coaches you know, going back to the basics. We, you guys know the story of Vince Lombardi, right? He, this is a football. I mean, why do people go back to the basics? Because we get lost in a lot of the stuff that we do and we lose what's most important and what is at the heart of our Christian faith, what is most important in all of human life is loving relationship. And so we're trying to rethink everything to create opportunities for connection. From our children's ministry, to our choir, to our praise band, to the food pantry, to decorating the sanctuary tomorrow at 9 a.m., don't miss it. To Wednesday night dinner starting this week, don't miss it. Literally everything that we are doing is being reframed as an opportunity for you to make a new friend, for you to develop deep and abiding relationships. And we hope that you will embrace these efforts because friends, the truth is simple. God created us for love and friendship. Jesus taught us that the most important thing in life is love and friendship. God saves us through love and friendship and steps encourages us to step out in faith and friendship with others to be a conduit of God's love. And my hope during Christmas is that you will receive this incredible gift of incarnational hospitality that God offers in the birth of Jesus. And if you've not made a decision to give your life to Jesus, I want you to do that this morning. It's real simple. You just say, Jesus, help me. I want you to forgive me of my sin. I want you to take the driver's seat of my life, and I want a new start. It's really that simple. If you haven't done that, I pray that you will do that this morning as we turn toward communion and as we sing our final song. Don't miss the opportunity. It's so important. And what better time to receive Jesus into your heart in a season when God has already received you into His heart. Amen? We hope that you will receive this gift of incarnational hospitality and that you will extend it to others as you seek to live out, as you seek to enflesh, embody the true meaning of Christmas. And that, my friends, is what this new series on the hospitality of God is all about. And if you come back next week, you're going to learn even more.